Let's pray together, church. Bless your holy name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We praise your name, O God. We invite your spirit to have your way in us. God, we humble ourselves before you and say, God, teach us, fix us, repair us, and set us on the path to righteousness. Oh God, today is about you. Work in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. From 1937 to 1949, one of the greatest stories to us today was written. It took 12 years, but J.R.R. Tolkien wrote The Lord of the Rings. And his first book was entitled, anybody know? The Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, I have never read the books in its entirety. Last year I started and I finished The Fellowship of the Ring. I don't read much fiction. But in it, a ring is revealed as having great and mighty power. And of course, with great power, there is usually a fight for that great power. And in the story, a young man uh, named Frodo is gifted the ring by his uncle, Bilbo. And a quest is begun in order to destroy the ring. Because it is too dangerous to have its powers lurking or getting into the wrong hands. They met at a council and at that time the Lord of the Elves decided they needed to put their minds together on how to accomplish this great task of destroying the ring. And one thing that they decided was that it was not the task of a young hobbit a small, half-sized human creature, but rather it was the task of a fellowship to take care of that great duty. Nine people, or persons to be exact, would join together and cooperate in a task that would take three full books to unfold. There was a wizard a warrior, a ranger, a best friend, two faithful friends, an archer, and another soldier, and one humble yet willing hobbit that would take care of the job. And here, this last statement, together they would do it. Together they would do it. This year, I stand before you on the second Sunday of the year to present to you what my hope that our focus as a church body would be for year 2022. And that focus is that we do things together. Together in 2022 is where I would like for us to focus our energy 
And I'd like to work through that today, that there is a biblical mandate for us to be together, to walk together, and to point to togetherness as a body and with our God. So together in 2022 will be our theme. And I'd like to read to you our passage of the year. It comes from 1 John chapter 1, and it's what Rob read to us this morning earlier. I can't do it with quite the accent that Rob gave to us this morning. My wife leaned over and told me he needs to be on the Bible reading app. (laughs) Nonetheless, the power is in the word. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Now y'all all amen him. Amen. 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 Thank you. We're going to take a, a, a good look at that word fellowship in this passage. And we're going to break that down today. There, there's power in that word, and it's not just a, a, a single word. It is an idea. It is a grand idea that has application not only for you and me together, but for us together and for ourselves with God. And we're going to break that down today in First in John. If you remember, in 2020, before we walked through the Bible together, I was preaching from the book of First John. And I have decided that I'm going to pick back up where I left off next week. This week, we will talk about togetherness, and it just so happens that a great passage on togetherness is in 1 John and in chapter 1, and I'm going to start with the beginning uh, and read the first four verses for us, and then we're going to dig into that word for fellowship. Some of you probably know what it is. It's that Greek word. Stacy knows what it is. By the end of the day, you will all know what it is, and you'll know how to pronounce it. 1 John chapter 1, that which is from the beginning, that which we have heard, that which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And that is word, logos, life, zoe, that is spiritual life, not just Physical life, but spiritual life. The word of life. We're talking about Jesus now. John is talking about Jesus. That life which was made known or made manifest. And we have seen it. John speaking on the perspective of the disciples, the apostles. We have seen him. We've touched him with our hands. And we testify and proclaim to you the eternal life. Jesus brought something. He wasn't just a body. He brought something to us. He brought life. Now, he brought more than just the life that every human being shares. He brought eternal life. And this is something very different. This is something that only those who have been born again share. This is what the regenerated of God share. It is Zoe. It's the eternal life, the life that does not die. It is what we expect as Christians for there to be for all eternity. And it is why we believe that we, Christian, will live forever. 
It is eternal life. Zoe. Which was with the Father and which was made known to us. Praise be to God, but God did not keep his life secret. He shared it that we might be participants in it. And keep that word participant in your memory because we're going back to it. But God has shared his eternal life with us that we might participate in it. Y'all, this is powerful. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. Who's the us? Whose perspective is he speaking of? The apostles. Those who have seen him and touched him. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing to you, and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete or fulfilled or to the fullness. All right, there's a lot going on there. And we looked at this last year, but let me bring this into the context of uh, of what we're talking about this year. And, And really bringing the context of what I hope is going to happen this year into what was John's hope as he was writing to his reader. And and the word there, as some of you know it, the Greek word for fellowship or participation is koinonia. Koinonia. So you say it like you've got money, you've got a coin. Koinonia. And that is the Greek word that is translated several different things in the New Testament. We're going to look at those briefly. But the purpose behind that, the primary purpose of this is it is a togetherness. It is a... A participation. And there are several different contexts in the New Testament in which it's used. But what John wants us to see is here. There's a togetherness that must happen among those who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what I hope our focus will be this year. There is a togetherness, a cooperation, a participation. And that Christianity is not an alone thing. It cannot be, it is unbiblical for it to be an alone thing. It must be a together thing. It is a sharing, a fellowship, togetherness, participation. And so what is John calling for? Good question. John is calling, if you look in verse 3, so that you too may have fellowship with us. John is saying, as Jesus has shared his Zoe life with us, I am sharing the Zoe life with you and wanting you to be a part of this. I want you to be a participant in the life that Jesus has shared with us. Now, uh, I spoke with Brian's baseball team here recently, and when I did, I brought a, a bag of candy with me. And it's my new favorite candy. It's the Reese Peanut Butter Cups with the pretzels in them. Susan? Okay, got to try that. The Reese Cups with the pretzels in them, they're really good. And as I brought the bag to his team, uh, I, I said, look, this now you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to, to share this with everybody else in the room. And we walk through some things together on how God has called us to be sharing. 
There was one bag with lots, and probably 60 Reese cups in there. Enough for everybody to share, participate, smile, not like whatever they wanted to do to be a part of the Reese party. Now, much, much greater than a bag of silly chocolate. This is our Lord Jesus Christ. He has called us to participate in the life that he has and has brought it into a body of believers not to hold back but to share with others. And what John wanted to do is say, this is not for me to hoard and to have all of my own. As much as I love Jesus, he's not a Jesus that's just for me. He is a Jesus that, that, that mandates a participation, a koinonia, a fellowship in. Because it's not just meant for one. And so church, that is my call for us this year. Is to get the mindset that the Apostle John has and the mindset of the early church as you read through the book of Acts and the, and the epistles. Is that they were always ready to share and to give of Jesus Christ. And if Jesus is truly precious to us, then Jesus will be shared by us. And there are a lot of implications for that. One is, how are we working together to do that? And secondly, as we share together, we draw each other to the Lord. Look, I really enjoyed Sunday school class this morning. We, we discussed a passage of Scripture that was difficult and, and shared different viewpoints on it and what, what's the Scripture truly saying. And my brothers and sisters in the class encouraged me greatly. I learned from them. This is what fellowship, this is what koinonia is. We need that. Iron sharpens iron. We are here for each other. And let me share with you why I chose 2022 to be the year of koinonia. The year of togetherness. What we have seen since 2020 has been a fracturing of our culture, of our churches, and of fellowship together. We've seen an isolation that has come upon us. Mackenzie told me this week, you know, they're going back to online classes for a couple weeks quite possibly. And many think, you know, no big deal. We can do it all through Zoom. Is that right, Stephen? Can we do it all through Zoom? We can. We even have people who are watching us today online. I want to encourage you, if at all possible, get back to church. Amen. You cannot experience koinonia alone. And I'm going to argue today that church without the brothers and sisters is an unbiblical church. And that's a bold statement, but, but I believe it's very clear in the Bible. And if you think logically, if you think logically through what the Scripture teaches and you read the Bible, there is no way that you can fulfill the commands that the apostles have given to us, that Jesus has given to us alone. There are too many one another statements in the Scripture for us to do church alone. And look, I'm not trying to fill a pew. That's not, not my 
motive here this morning. My motive is to teach you what does the Bible teach that you need to do to be a faithful steward before God and your Christian life. Romans 12.10 calls us to be devoted to one another. To honor one another. To live in harmony with one another. Romans 12.16. Romans 15.17. To accept one another. To serve one another in love. Galatians 5.13. Do you notice what all of these have in common? It's one another. It's togetherness. You can't do one another's alone. To be kind and compassionate to one another. Ephesians 4.32. There's a song for that one that our Awana kids know. Our kids know. Admonish one another. Colossians 3.16. Encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Hebrews 3.13. To spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Hebrews 10.24. How about the biblical mandate to show hospitality? You can't show hospitality to no one. It is a one another, 1 Peter 4, 9. And of course, to love one another, 1 Peter, 1 John. This is what the Bible talks about as koinonia. It is fellowship. It is doing it together. It is doing the Christian life together. If we want to learn how to faithfully follow Christ, if we want to learn the disciplines of what Christianity is all about, we cannot do it alone. God has called us to do it together. He has commanded us to have fellowship, to have koinonia, to have a sharedness, to have a participation, to have a togetherness. So what does this look like? Well, it looks like time together is what it looks like. A family is a family because a family lives together and stays Together and bears with each other's weaknesses. That's not all that makes family, but but one of the, the marks of a family is, is togetherness. It's spending time together in church. This is what God has called us to do. Let, let me go further on in First John chapter one, verse five. Y'all still with me this morning? And here's the let me give you the statement and then I'm gonna read the scripture and you tell me if you agree. Here's the statement. Christianity is walking together for God with God. Christianity is walking together for God with God. So we are together for God's glory with God in our midst. We're together for God, but God is also with us and among us. Let me read to you. The scripture passage I got that from. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light. And that in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, what do we do? We lie and do not practice the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have what? Koinonia. We have koinonia with one another. And the fellowship of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. God has called us together. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship, koinonia, with one another. 
So first of all, koinonia is not walking in darkness. So Christian, may I remind you, may I urge you, if you have tripped into the darkness, if you have tripped into aloneness, if you have taken on habits or disciplines or characteristics that are not of the light, this is a call to you to step out of those. Non-believer, if you have never walked into the light, if you have never come to confess Jesus Christ as the Lord, this is a call to you. This is a call to you to repent of walking in darkness and to run into the light of Jesus Christ, the Savior, the one who can save you from your sin. If you're not a believer, may I remind you, on Judgment Day, you will be judged according to your sin and you will be guilty according to your sin and will pay the punishment thereof. Your only way of forgiveness is not by saying, I'm sorry, but is by repenting and believing that Jesus Christ is the Lord and giving him your life, following him faithfully. That is the work, that is the redemption that you need to be saved from your sin. What is Christianity? It's not walking in darkness, it's walking in the light. If you look at that verse in verse, uh, if you look in verse uh, 7, you see that we walk in the light as he's in the light. And at the end of the verse, it says the blood of Jesus cleanses us, cleanses us from all of our sin. So Christians, we know that we are cleansed from our sin. And there's a, a sense in which we are now walking in holiness. So let me add to that. The corporate side of that is corporately, church, we are walking in holiness together. Uh, when I am outside give you an illustration. When I'm outside, uh, you can ask my wife or my family. Um, if I am outside, if I'm working in the yard, if I'm fishing, if I'm uh, doing whatever, I'm going to try to find the shade. And if you've ever been around me, you're going to find me. If there's a sliver of shade anywhere, I'm going to be in it. Because I don't like getting sunburnt. And I don't like burning in the sun. So I'm going to find some shade. If y'all are ever around me and I'm, I'm a few steps away, it's not because you smell bad. It might be because you smell bad. But it's probably because there's shade. I'm going to find that shade. And, and this is the idea, except you kind of invert it for Christianity. Christians are those who are going to find the light. And so, Christian, let me remind you. It is not our call to walk in darkness or to dabble in darkness, to have fellowship with darkness, as Paul will tell us in and First Corinthians, Second Corinthians six, it's not our, our job to to dabble in the darkness, but to find the light and to reside in the light. Whatever is out in the open of truth that Jesus would would give to us, that is our job. Let me add to that this. Many people will say, and, I, and I've heard people say uh, that Christianity is is it's just me and Jesus kind of thing. And, and this is not an attack on anybody who said that. It's not an attack on, on you if you said that. Uh, but this is a, a reality that that is a Christianity that is an invention. Uh, it is foreign, I should say, to what biblical Christianity is. Because biblical Christianity is doing walking in the light together. And if you look here in verse 7, it says, We have fellowship. And 
It talks about throughout the New Testament, we're about to look here through Acts, that their fellowship is happening with the believers. And the togetherness is important. Me and Jesus' faith is not a biblical faith. We must do Christianity together or we are ignoring what the Bible tells us to do as Christians. Let me, let me work that out for you. You have your Bible? And we're going to throw them up on the screen. Craig's got them up for us. But we're going to begin in the book of Acts. And let me, let me show you how much togetherness, how much koinonia there was in the New Testament. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. All these with one accord. This is right after the ascension. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. How are they doing it? Together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. So they were together. They were praying together. Why? Because Jesus told them to. Go and pray and wait. Together. Look in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the what, church? Koinonia. To the fellowship, to the togetherness, to the sharing, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done to the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, attending the temple. How? Together. And breaking bread in their homes. Eating together. Receiving food with glad and generous hearts. And praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The early church was together. They practiced Koinonia, Acts chapter 4. This is after they were before the council. When they were released, uh, they went to their friends and reported to the chief priests and the elders what, uh, what the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voice together to sing to God, Sovereign Lord, who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. They praised the sovereign God of heaven together. Acts chapter 14. The church at Antioch had sent Paul and Barnabas and then Paul and Silas out on mission trips together to proclaim the gospel. And every stop along the way, they find people who are believers and they establish togetherness, making churches, building churches upon the foundation of the gospel. And they get back to Antioch. And in verse 27, and when they, had ri- they arrived and gathered the church Together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. They didn't just finish their trip and walk away. They decided they needed to be together. So they came together and declared what God had done. Acts chapter 20. What are they doing on the first day of the week? Well, Paul is going to preach and he's going to Rather, he's going to teach here. And when they gathered together to break bread, Paul was with them, intending to part on the next day, but he prolonged his speech until midnight. Great story. Go read it. But Paul didn't want to leave. He wanted to be together with the gathered body of the church. 
koinonia. They wanted to fellowship. Romans chapter 15. Look at the church written to Rome. And let me just read this passage. Y'all just hear it. It's the word of God. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. Can you do that alone? Strong believers. And this is what I hear oftentimes. Look, I'm settled in my faith. I know it. I don't really need to be at the church. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each one of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those you who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ, that together you may be, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Now, it is impossible to fulfill that passage of teaching alone. Impossible. We cannot faithfully fulfill what Scripture has called us to do alone. The church, Paul writes to Corinth, to the church of God that is in Corinth, chapter 1, verse 2, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be the saints, help me out, church, together, together. With all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. There is unity with all saints. But there is unity in the local body. Why, why the focus this year? Look, it is important. You are important to one another. And friend, when, when you... When you are judging, am I going to go to church tomorrow? Am I going to go to church today? Please know that there are other people here that are counting on you. That that think togetherness is important. And that are making a sacrifice to be here for you. I can tell you, even when a small group of men and women, young people show up at church on a Sunday night, on a Wednesday night, it encourages me to see that people think that coming together as a body of believers is important enough for people to give up their time and make a commitment to be here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. We are one. 
Christian, you look around this room, you are one with your brothers and sisters in Christ. More than you are your social clubs, your hobby clubs, your sports teams, etc. Your co-workers, your classmates. It is, it is somewhat shameful. Somewhat. Uh, I'm a LSU fan, as you know, alum, follow sports teams and such. And I watch these football players post on their Instagram, thank you, LSU, for letting me play here. I'm moving on. I'm going to the draft. I'm doing whatever. And there is this great devotion, forever LSU. They end it with the alma mater, forever LSU. You go read the LSU alma mater, by the way. It's got some, some of that could be sung in church. It's uh, idolatrous in some ways. But you read that and they are devoted to their school forever LSU. And you watch the professional athletes. They talk about how they love their school and they're pulling for their school and all of these sorts of things. And, and Christian, I ask, do, do we do that for the church of Jesus Christ? Do, do we have that devotion that athletes have toward a school? Or that people have toward a, a brand name? Or a country? Who are we together with? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I think the Bible calls us to be together First and foremost, to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we, when we see people from other nations, we can say, you're my brother first, before you're Chinese or Australian. And we can see our brother and say, you're my brother, before we say you're a, an eagle or a tiger or a war hawk. There is a unity, a togetherness that must come and a priority that we must place on our Christianity. Can somebody set the clock forward a little bit? I'll be about out of time today. All right. What is the call for this year? Here's my, here's my challenge for us as a church. Uh, tonight, Tonight we will get back together, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to finish some of this tonight. I think there's a great study of this word and some things more for us. If you want to gather back tonight, uh, we'll continue in this vein. But today, some application I want to present to you is build togetherness in 2022. Build togetherness. What does that mean for you? How do you do that? Uh, I'm going to ask you to spend time with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to ask you to specifically invite people over to your house to share a meal with somebody in your church regularly. I'm going to invite you to be a participant. We're going to do a Super Bowl gathering so that we can be together. We're going to be meeting every Sunday afternoon to work on our passion play and spend time together. Let's be together working on a goal together. We have one of our church members going up on a trip this week. Can we contribute together to proclaiming Jesus and offering disaster relief? There are a lot of things that we can do together 
We'll have church services together. We're starting Wednesday night services up next Wednesday night in 11 days. Can you commit? Can you invite people? Can you be a part of children and youth ministry? What are you willing to do together with your church family? How can we cooperate together, be together, help each other, fulfill these one another's together? Show that we matter to each other. Show a priority to the assembling together. As Hebrews tells us, do not neglect to meet together as is the habit of some. But encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's my challenge for you, church. Make togetherness a priority this year. We need each other. We need each other's words. We need each other's prayers. We need each other's strengths. We need to build up one another. How can you focus on togetherness with your church? How can you focus on togetherness with the church? And ultimately, which I did not get to, is... Um, is God has called us to be together with him. And we will develop that more as the days go by. If you are not a believer or follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, the first and foremost thing you can do is not come be a part of church, but is to unite in fellowship in koinonia with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I urge you, if you are not there today, come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Be saved of your sin. Repent and find fellowship with God Through his son, Jesus Christ. Christian, if you have fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, do not neglect that in 2022. Make it a priority. Make your prayer time a priority. Your Bible study time a priority. Do not get caught away in the things of the world. You have 24 hours a day. Choose to use them wisely. Let's pray together. Our fathers, we draw near to you. We ask, God, that you help us to be together in 2022. Help us to to function in koinonia. Help us to function in a sharing, in a participation, in a loving, in a living in harmony, in an encouraging. Lord, help us as your church do the work that you have called this church to do. Lord, you have given many gifts. Draw us together to fulfill what you've called us to do. And God, may we make a priority of each other this year as we make a priority of Jesus. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.